Cars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan Jones, and to my left, Roy Thomason here. Here we're we're recording here in our second room, the office room here at my place. Um, and you know, I I, I have a meat tray, or like I have a, a we have snacks, charcuterie. We have charcuterie. Um, <laughs> you know, even as a chef, I can never pronounce that word, and every time I, I hear it, I always forget it. Um, but I couldn't have had snacks for us, but you said you were okay. Oh, I'm good. I'm 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 recuperating. It's because great. earlier today I was free, free falling. I did something I never thought I would do. I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane. And which is just stupid. My a friend of ours, it was her birthday last week and she said, Let's go skydiving and that's something that I've always kind of thought if somebody asked me to do it and really wanted me to come along that I would do it. It's not something I would ever you not you would not hear those words come out of my mouth. No. But I said, sure, let's do it. And so we did. I jumped out of the plane. Uh, the parachute opened. I landed on the ground safe and sound. I got motion sick from the whole thing, which is kind of embarrassing. But you know what? I've I've done it. I can check it off the bucket list now. Yeah, and it, you... it was amazing. I mean when you jump out of that thing and you're 13,000 feet up in the air and you're looking down and you got the ocean over here and you got the mountains over there and I mean and it's did you see Iron Man was Iron Man up there I did not see Iron Captain Man right I didn't there. see Superman I didn't see powdered toast man so, I didn't did see you wear goggles so you could see yeah, oh, okay yeah. all right yeah, they so, got the goggles that they give yeah. you and I was strapped on to a to a whatever you call the person it was the tandem, a tandem, guy. tandem jump right. yeah um so really I just had a couple of basic instructions and he took care of every of the rest, so that made it easy. Well, that's cool. Um, uh, that's so good, good for you. It was it was neat. I didn't. He did a couple of really tight, fast spins, and I think that's what got to me. <laughs> but the part where once the parachute opened and he gave me the the handles, yeah. and I can kind of steer it around a little bit, that was cool. What movie? A, what movie is that? What if they're like, ah, <laughs> it looks so cheesy when they're doing it. You know, when they're filming a movie, they're doing skydiving. Um, so. Fantastic. That was today. Yeah. Um, I have my championship baseball game today, and we're going to go into a little rec chat, a little banter here. Um, we beat the team. You ever had that team? Uh, if any of you guys out there play uh, rec softball, rec baseball, any rec sport, where the, there's that one team that they just big league you. Oh, like, they, tell you they, they take it too seriously. Oh, my God, these guys. Uh, there's a couple of really nice guys on there. Uh, Danny Brawl, one of the older guys on the team, his son. Uh, Steve Brawl pitches for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he's a real nice guy. There's a couple of nice guys on there, but like the rest of the team, they just like they, you know, they're chirping at the umpire, you know, they're chirping at us on the field, and and we smoked them. Nice. And uh, kind of feels it, so good. It's just it feels so good to do that. Like we, you know, when you play rec sport, you know, I got to work tomorrow, you know, and but these guys are like they're big league in the air. They're, you know, they, they, you know, they don't say hi. I'll be like, I'll be round and saying like, "Hey, what's going on, guys?" So you know, it's like, dude, just relax. Like you're not going to the show. Um, but the winter meetings just wrapped up. The wee 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 wee. Oomp. Yeah, disappointed. Disappointing. Well, just the disappointing winter meetings. Um, nothing really big happened yet. Andrew McCutcheon signing like the last day. It's kind of the same as last year. Yeah. I mean, it's it, Seattle had a big. Big trade yeah. that they put together, but last year there wasn't a whole lot going on, and it seems like it's become more of a you get everybody in one place and they can all kind of talk and start these conversations, yeah. but then the deals don't wind up happening for days or weeks later. Like the Ian Kinsler thing, apparently mm -hmm. that was something that they were in discussions throughout the week, yeah. and then it wasn't until a couple of days later that the news finally came out that they'd come to an agreement. And then this, um, the uh, uh, what is it? The Mets just signed Wilson Ramos yeah. as their catcher. And there was this talk of a three-way trade. Maybe the Padres are going to get a piece of it. That they Somebody's interested in JT Real Muto. And is Syndergaard going to go? It's fun to have all these conversations going on. Yeah. But not a, it's a lot of talk and not a lot of action. You know, and uh, just to real kind of expand on that, like the Marlins are, I'm not sure what the Marlins are going to get for JT Real Muto. I think they're asking for the world and they're not getting it. And, and then they're going to wind up having to take what they can get yeah, later. Yeah. And with them, Wilson, you know, Wilson Ramos, because they need a catcher, uh, the Mets do. And, uh, you know, and signing Wilson good. Ramos is, is yeah. Well, he's coming off a knee injury or something, right? He missed the whole of last, all of last season. Right, but he's a solid backstop. He's with, really good. With the bat. Um, and, and, or J2 Milton or, or Wilson Ramos? 
Wilson, well, both of them. But yeah. Wilson Ramos was out all of last year. Okay. But before last year, he was like a top five offensive catcher. Yeah, G2 Muto is just a, a game changer. He's a high impact player. He is. Um, and that's fine. But the weird things, you know, who. You know, Logan Allen, Buddy Reed, Chris Pettick were all at the, at the winter meetings. If you watch, follow those guys on Instagram. Uh, Logan Allen was in a charity Fortnite competition with, uh, with a couple players. And um, in, interject any kind of Fortnite uh, joke you have there. But that was kind of cool. All of these guys play Fortnite. Yeah. I saw Buddy Reed tweet, tweeted something out. It, okay, so Carlos Oswahi got designated for assignment. He got picked up by the Rangers, and now I just read that he's going to go play in, I think, Korea. He's going to go to Japan, to Asia, to go play. That just came out today. Did they sell but, his contract? or? Yeah, yeah, the, the Rangers did. Okay. But, so, I think the whole Fortnite thing gets overblown. These guys, yes, they play baseball. That's their job. That's their full-time plus job. Right. But they also need something else to unwind. Yeah. Mickey Mantle did that by going out to the bars and drinking and right. finding whoever to, you know. Right. But if if the kid, if the, the ball player is going back to the hotel room and they're getting out their fancy laptop and they're playing a computer game. A lot of downtime in between games. Yeah. And, and it's a different generation. These kids all play video games. Yeah, and Twitch streaming is, is the thing now. Which I I'm old. I don't understand. Which, but I, I'm, I'm going to watch somebody else play a video game. I'd rather play it myself. But <laughs> My roommate did that. My old roommate. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I watch the guy play video games. Like, really? He's like, oh yeah, this guy rakes it in. He's like a world class video game player. This is like six, seven years ago. Yeah, but and uh, so now Carlos Aswahi finds his own professional venture to do that, and he's doing it while he's also putting in legitimate work. He's it's not like he's half assing it. Right. At baseball. Right. Baseball is still his full time job. Yeah. He just has a side hustle. So and that's and for a lot of these guys, it's just an outlet that they hang out and they're playing that. But I'd rather, again, I'd rather them doing that than going out and getting in trouble like Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden back yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, a lot of downtime, a lot of time on your own, uh, a lot of time to just drink. And you know, you're playing a high pressure sport, and you need to unwind. Damn, we might as well do it with some Skittles and some Fortnite, and <laughs> and not you know, hotel. Yeah. As long as they're getting enough sleep. Yeah. And it's not messing their eyes up or anything like that. So I didn't get to see it, but um, Logan Allen or Jacob Nitz were on intentional talk, and I missed it. Oh, that's oh. good for them, though. That's yeah. that's cool. That's a big, that's the Nationals stage right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, with Millar and Chris Rose, I gotta, we got to find it. I got to find it and see what, it, what it's like. Because, uh, you know, those two guys are really good buddies. And um, that would have been cool to see. So Logan Allen has been doing a lot of, a lot of charity stuff here in San Diego. Actually, Chris Paddock uh, signed autographs earlier in this week at the Padres store down at Petco. But Logan Allen and the Padres have been doing a lot of charity work, and he's been on all the Instagram. He took over the Padres Instagram uh, account for one day. Um, you know, gave gave out food to at the food bank, I think, and they were taking phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, he Did you say they had that little kid in there too? Yeah, what's his name? The he's the, the Levi. Levi. He does the play ball. He's not the play ball, but he does the whole. Yeah, he had the, the he was like a big leaguer for a day. That they signed him to the one day contract, and he was with the team that day. Oh, he's not the kid that goes Hunter Wenfo. No, 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 that's Sonia's kid. Okay, all right, so I got them all mixed up. You know, and but Allen, this is a really pray tale. I think these guys are going to show up. I think Logan Allen and Chris Paddock are going to be at FanFest. Um, Logan Allen's not even on the forty man roster, and he's doing this stuff. Yeah. So I mean, we know as fans that. He'll probably see. He'll probably be up in the first month, or at least the first injury. Oh yeah. Um, uh, he'll come up and start pitching, and we're gonna see what it's like. Um, so they're really getting him kind of acclimated into the community and doing what you know the community the Padres do during the community. Mm-hmm. And he's not even on the forty man. Do yep. I say that again? He's not on the forty man. Yeah. But that's I like that. You yes. know, and it's kind of going back to what Buddy Reed said, giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And you know, he wants to start the foundation for his kid, who a friend of his who had. Was it cerebral palsy or cystic fibrosis? Like, it was one of those. It was one of those. Um, well, and Logan Allen, Logan Allen's brother has, I, I don't know what the affliction is, yes. but he's hes a severely yes. disabled young man. Yes. And so it's, that adds a human factor to it, yeah. that, that these guys get it, they understand, they appreciate. It's a little bit more than you know, rich kid growing up in the lap of luxury yeah. that got to go to all the baseball camps. 
there's there's a dose of reality there for these guys. Absolutely, and it's funny you say that because now if if you don't play travel ball, you're not making the high school team, and and if you're not playing in the off, you know, if you're not playing high school and travel ball in between seasons, you're not going to get looked at in college because you're going to fall behind. These mm-hmm. kids are just way baseball centric, mm-hmm. and uh, that's kind of sad. But that's you know that's neither here nor there. But it's a slow off season. The but I like seeing that they're rounded human beings. Yeah, that they're not just robots that throw baseballs right. and hit baseballs. Absolutely. Um, and next year the winter meetings are in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have some fun with that. We'll Hopefully, have some fun. We'll we'll go hang out. Maybe we can hang out in the hotel lobby and uh, and and call out whoever we see and maybe we can wrangle them in. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I was talking to the Prospect Live guys. Um. Lance Brozdowski, Ralph Lipschitz, and uh, and Jason Panini, yes. and have a have a you know just, you can just set up a laptop and a microphone in the bar mm-hmm. at Worthington's at the Hyatt. I'm pretty sure it'll be at the Hyatt. Um, and dude, I'm already setting up questions for that. I'm putting in notes from last year's winter meetings to this year's winter meetings. So we're not just gonna press record. No, well, we probably will, but I mean, those guys will just chat. We'll, we'll have some just, All right, guys, what are you doing? Lance Brozdowski had uh, credentials. Mm-hmm. For this year in Vegas, mm-hmm. um, produced some really cool content for those guys that you follow Prospects Live on on uh, Twitter. He was at every single manager's meeting. Uh, he's not a breaking news guy. He's not going to be like, oh, this guy got traded. But he's going to report on stuff that he sees, and he's just getting his feet wet. Um, I really see, you know, Lance and the Prospect Live guys. Kind of, I would be surprised if next year if all three of those guys come with credentials. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly would be sweet uh, if, if something like that for us could be done. I don't know if we qualify, um, but you know, as a podcast that covers the minor leagues, it's a minor league event, mm-hmm. and so uh, we might have to beg, borrow, or steal our way into there. But I want to do more than just go there and sit in the lobby. I, I want to be able to um, participate in the trade show. I want to participate talking to some of the some of the some of the teams, you know, my, our, j- and just be a part of it. It's a minor league event. We're a minor league podcast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's my pitch. Okay. Um, and, and We'll and, make it happen. And soon we're going to have another player with Nick Margaviches. 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 God, he, you know, um, we'll figure that out when we talk to him in a minute. So I do have a little bit of, of news on the minor league front. The Padres have made a few transactions. Uh, they signed right-handed pitcher Tyler Higgins and third baseman Seth Mejias Breen. Uh, that was a, a few weeks ago. Um, and then they also signed left-handed pitchers Dietrich Enns, Ryan Bollinger, and right-handed pitcher Todd Van Stiesel, who's from Australia. Yeah, um, he's playing right now. I think he's playing right now. He is, yeah. Um, Alex Berg, who's, they list him as first base catcher, but he's played pretty much everywhere around the diamond. Um, and Jacob Scavuzzo. Jacob Scavuzzo is from the Dodgers organization. He's a major power threat. Also oh. a major strikeout guy. Okay. Uh, he's an outfielder, so, but... When I hear that, it makes me think of Jabari Blash, who, by the way, just signed a contract to go play in Japan. But these guys are all older, um, no longer prospects. But Dietrich Enns used to draw... He he drew a lot of attention earlier in his minor league career. And there's nothing to say that these guys can't pop up again. And every year, it seems like the Padres take a chance with a handful of these guys. And who knows, a couple of them wind up... Coming through. Right, coming to the bullpen, mm-hmm. maybe taking a little cup of coffee during injuries. It happens every year. You don't, yep. the, the 40 guys, the four, hey, the 25 man on the roster aren't going to be the 25 man three months in. Oh, yeah, and even the 40 man roster absolutely it, it expands. You wind up seeing 50, 60 guys roll through that by the end of the season. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute. The, uh, you know, the, we just added, uh, we just added Ian Kinsler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hot button on Padres Twitter with Ian Kinsler. It, well, it, so my initial response was WTF because yeah. Ian Kinsler is a second baseman. He's pretty much played exclusively second base his entire career, and we have a right-handed hitting second baseman that is supposed to be the prince. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in 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 Urias, he's supposed to be there for the next however long. Right. I'm 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 hoping for five plus years. Right. So why did they bring in a veteran right-handed hitting? 36-year-old second baseman. So in the days that have passed since, I've seen articles from Dennis Lynn and A.J. Casavell and these guys saying that what it sounds like right now is that the plan is to shift Rios over to shortstop for the time being. Kinsler's going to start at shorts at, at second base. They're still looking for an option at third. Yeah. And then whenever Tatis comes up, then Kinsler moves back into some kind of a utility bench role player. 
Um, and he's not opposed to playing third base. Right. And and all along, I, I've said we could, Urias can play shortstop for a month and a half. Yes. Like, we're not going to have Javi Guerra on the on the 40-man. Well, he's going to be on the 40-man. He, he could be. He, he could be on the 40-man. you're starting shortstop. Right. Absolutely. And so, he's done well enough in, in AA, uh, and he's got plenty of reps at short to do it. Uh, scouts and evaluators also say he's plenty fine. He's only there for a month and a half. Um, and Ian Kinsler, uh, say what you want with, you know, him. He doesn't like the Latin players with the bat flips and the emotion that they show. Okay. And, and I can respect that. Uh -huh. He's an old school kind of hard-nosed ball player that, you know, was like you, you hit your home run, you ran the bases. You know, you hit your double, you ran the bases. You didn't show too much emotion. Um, I'm hoping, my hope, and then maybe it's just a little pipe dream, that um, A, he's going to be a great mentor just as a ball player. With, with those guys, because he, he's a business, that guy is a businessman. Talk about his production, fine, his bat speed is is down. He's not going to tear up the bases, you know, running around, but he's going to show these guys how to get it done on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And and I'm hoping maybe that softens his rough exterior and he comes to appreciate a little bit more. I don't know, man, that's just my, that's my candy cane rainbow dreams. Well, I feel like the, the whole... That feeling is changing around baseball a little yeah. bit. And this last offseason, I feel like we saw the players having more, expressing more emotion on the field. Yeah. And it wasn't, there wasn't that retaliation of, right. oh, well, he showed me up, I'm going to make him wear one in the ribs. Right. We, it's, I, I think it's changing. But A.J. Preller has a relationship with Ian Kinsler that goes back to when Preller was with the Rangers. So he knows something about the guy's personality and his reputation around the clubhouse yeah. and working with younger players and all of that. So that must have been a factor that plays into bringing him on. I agree. I agree. And that's one of the, one of the things. I, when, when they signed him, I'm like, that's a great move. It's four million, four million bucks is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And if he sits on the bench, we had Chase Henley sitting on the bench for 13 million. You know, that, the guy who was pitching for him, Mitchell, was, was horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, but and we we complained about that, but I mean four million is it's nothing. So it's four million for I, I don't know what the exact terms are, but it's eight million for two years. And then so the if third you break it out to four and four, and then there's a club option behind that. Right. So yeah, the Padres could eat that if they really wanted to. If if even if coming out of spring training, it's like well this was a bad idea. That's the team has the money to do it. Right. There's plenty of room in the payroll that eight million bucks is a drop in the bucket right now. And as the roster uh, as the roster develops. Um, they might just do that, like, hey, we don't have room for you. A trade him for for whatever, or mm -hmm. um, or just release him. And that's the business of baseball. So now, what sentiment? So Will Myers was tried out at third base mm -hmm. last year, and in the off season, I I would hope that he's working on that skill among other things. But Ian Kinsler has been an elite defensive second baseman throughout his career, and he's strong enough. He's got a strong arm. I don't see any reason why he couldn't shift over to third base. He might not have the the, the gun from third base that you expect to see, but he understands the mechanics, the footwork. He has the instincts. He knows what the roles are for all the players. So I have no doubt that he could step over to third base yeah. and immediately be the best. Well, out of all the options on the roster, he's, he's the, the best, best third baseman we got right now. <laughs> Which doesn't say a lot. Really, it doesn't, really, it well, doesn't yeah, say but, a lot. So now they're still looking. So if they sign some, like Mike Lustakis is the first name that comes to mind. If they sign somebody like that on a one-year deal, all of a sudden you look at that infield and you go, that's not bad. Not bad at all. I love Moose. And I, he's going to come cheap. Oh, yeah, and he's a and he's still hitting. He hit real well last year. Well, yeah. I think we are going to do It's going to be a mid-level third baseman that's like, oh, we signed that guy. Because this isn't the year that you're that they're trying to go all right. in. We're not tanking. It's not tank it's year. It's not a tank but season. It's certainly a year no. that we're in that transition of having tattoos come up. Is Urias going to do well? And we need that backup. So if those if we come up and the season starts and, and Tatis is, is maybe playing stellar defense, mm -hmm. but isn't doing well, which Andy Green said in his interview in the winter meetings, um, we need that buffer of like, okay, he needs a breather. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're gonna let him work through it, you know, two weeks, three weeks into it, you know, before we give him a breather, but we need someone there to be able to, okay, let's slide someone over there to play short, mm -hmm. give him a break, or even if Urias comes up and he's not, not doing well, like, it's a huge, it's a huge thing with those two guys coming up. There's a lot and of adjustments. We need to have the parts in place, like it or not, that may have to take over. Um, 
if you need to go back on AAA to work on playing this player, mm-hmm. whatever. I, mean, mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, and it probably won't happen. But we need to have those things in place because if you don't, you look like an idiot. And 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 like the, and the Padres are, have done that in plenty in spades, in spades. And you say what you want about the Indian kids are trade, but it, it's just one of those things where it's like it is a brain scratcher. But like these guys know what they're doing. I hope and, so. And we don't. And, and and Preller, we trust. It's funny. We like he'll do one thing. We're like yes. Preller, he can walk on water. And another time, we do something that we don't think he should do, but we don't know. You know it's yeah. Well, I, I view it through the lens of Twitter, since that's how I get most of my news right. these days right. and most of my opinions. And it's and so everything, do something, come on, make a move. And but then, not that and, guy. Not that guy. Right. No, do something else. So you're never going to please everybody. Yeah, and, and I love that about yeah. I love that about the fan base, because we'll, we all want the team to do well. We all want... We all want a winner. God, we want a winner, yeah. and we want a winner. I mean, Preller said it on, you know, I, not IP, but he said it with, uh, God, he was a mad dog, I think. Um, I can't stand that guy. He, you know, I, I, I not not Preller, Chris yeah. Russo. Chris Russo drives me up. A yeah. Week. Particularly that he's not a Trevor Hoffman fan, but um, oh, it's just the person. Once he starts opening his mouth, I just can't. No, it's he's the Stephen A. Smith of baseball to me. Yeah, that, I don't know who that is. Good. Good, right. <laughs> I shouldn't. If I shouldn't, I shouldn't. No, so, he's not ESPN. He's one of the talking heads, and he just talks and talks and talks. Oh, he's Sometimes like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, and I guess that's the guy I see on Twitter, like, oh, look at him not know who that yeah, is. He, he's the ESPN guy. Yeah, he made, a big, basketball he made guy. a big mistake last weekend about a Chargers player who hasn't played at all this season. He's like, I'm really excited about what this guy's done. Really, he's been on injured reserve all year. Oh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Talking about just showing up and pressing record. Which is kind of what we've done. So yeah. um, Well, speaking of pressing record, we're going to press pause here. Yeah. And then we're going to press record again and interview Nick Margavichus. Margavichus, he's the man. Yeah. So left-handed pitcher. He's been coming up through the system. Last year, he went from Fort Wayne to Lake Elsinore and then made a one-game appearance in the playoffs at A in San Antonio. Exciting guy. Exciting guy. Not going to overpower you with an 98 mile hour fastball, but he has the off speed stuff. That I think there's, like I said before, there's a place for him in, there could be a place for him on the roster in the future. And I see a path to the majors with him, and he's left handed. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back with that. So we're glad to have Nick Margovichus on uh, the podcast here. Uh, Nick drafted in the seventh round at a Ryder University in New Jersey, has performed well in every level he's pitched in. In 2018, in two levels, A and Advanced A, he was 10-8 and eight with a 3.6 ERA, 17 base on balls, and 146 Ks, and 135 innings pitched for a 1.22 whip. And that's after pitching in 58 of those innings in the hitter's paradise of the Cali League, culminating in being called up to AA San Antonio to pitch in a must-win game against the top offense in the Texas League and the Corpus Christi Hooks, where he spun a gem to advance admissions in the Texas League playoffs twirling seven innings, eight eight Ks, four hits, one run, one earned run, which was a like a second inning home run uh, against J.B. Bukowskis, a top uh, Houston Astros top pitching prospect. The only run was a, a two-out third inning home run, and he joins us now. Nick, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Going good. Not a bad second season of pro ball. Yeah, it, uh, it was kind of a... It was a crazy season for me, but uh, a lot of stops. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot. So let's let's go back. You you grew up in Cleveland. Yes. And looking on your Instagram account, you grew up an Indians fan. Yeah, I was a huge Indians fan when I was younger. Jim Tomey fan. <laughs> huge Jim Tomey uh, fan. He was my guy. <laughs> I saw somewhere that you uh, you have a preference for the number twenty five. Are you going to try to seek that number out wherever you go? I do. I I. I seek that number every time. Uh, every time I go to a new team, I actually like it. It's my number. Like uh, I have it on my chain right here, twenty-five. Uh, well, I'm getting uh, my wedding is on the twenty-fifth of October, so we we have a lot of twenty-fives. It's just kind of it's kind of been my number since I was a little kid. Have you ever had a chance to meet him? No, I've never never had a chance to meet him. But uh, I think I was a junior or senior in high school when they. Uh, Revealed the statue, and I went to that game, uh, oh. and that that was such a cool game for me. 
and seeing him go to the Hall of Fame this year, or I think I think it was this year or yeah. last year, yeah. and it was uh it was pretty awesome. So we went to the Hall of Fame this year because uh, Trevor Hoffman, our the uh, longtime Padres closer, was inducted, and Jim Tomey was inducted, and I've been a big fan of his because I I like nice guys. I like guys. You know, he, he played in the steroid era and never once was his name brought up. Never once were like, hey, maybe Jim told me. It, it wasn't. He was just country strong. And he was such a sweet guy. His Hall of Fame speech was such an aw shucks kind of, um, kind of speech. And uh, it just kind of goes with, and you, you get really that, that kind of personality from him uh, watching MLB Network where it's just like he's a good guy. And uh, you know, I root for good guys, and uh, and I love Jim Tomey. And we so you mentioned the statue they they erected the Trevor Hoffman statue this year, and so I was at that game. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. So you grew up in Cleveland. Uh, who got you playing baseball? Uh, that would be my dad. My dad from uh, day one uh, put a ball in my hand. We'd roll it back and forth when I was a little kid. Um, he was a huge Indians fan. I think when they were in the 97 World Series, he took me on his lap. And so I was there. And, uh, I, you know, there's so many pictures of me running around in my Indian shirts and hats. And, I mean, it, I, I still play catch with him in the offseason. Uh, he still throws to me in the street back home. And um, he loves the game. And he definitely gave that to me from a very, very young age. So, I, well, just a little follow-up on that. So, you guys grew up with Bartolo Colon when he was young, good-looking, and thin, right? Um, we were here when he was playing for the Mets, and he hit his only home run. We were at that game, and uh, my wife grew up a Met fan, so that was very sad for me that day. But, uh, yeah, uh, just fantastic. You know, I hear you like to hit, though. I do. I, I love hitting. Have you been uh, in the cage this offseason? Uh, I haven't yet. I'm going to start uh, when I get back to Ohio. I'll be uh, – I'll be in the cage when I'm not not every time I'm throwing a bullpen, but when I'm throwing like just in in the cage when I got to throw inside, I'll probably take some swings, some bunts, get, get some of that stuff into. So I, when we were up in Lake Elsinore, I was talking to the manager up there, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but there was something that if the team did a certain thing, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a shutout. Right. The next yep. day, the pitchers got to take batting practice. Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> have Have you done that at Fort yeah. Wayne or, or I guess Lake Elsinore? You were there yeah. half the season. I did, yeah, I did that. I got to do that in Lake Elsinore. I didn't get to hit at all in uh, in Fort Wayne, but in Lake Elsinore, we get we had one day of uh, pitchers VP. It was pretty awesome. Uh, you got you, you really got to campaign for a for a pinch hit or something like that. So let's talk about let's talk getting drafted. Uh, did you know the Padres were going to draft you? Uh, were you pretty solid on that, or talk about that? Yeah, I actually had no idea the Padres were going to draft me. Uh, we with my agent before the draft, we went over. A list of teams, possibilities, things that could shake out. Things always change during the draft. It's a crazy process. It really is. And, um, you know, I had no idea who was going to draft me, but we had a list of about 10 to 15 teams we thought were most likely. And uh, it was a pretty big list. So 10 to 15 teams, that's like, you really have no idea. And uh, the Padres weren't even one of those 15 teams. And so they came calling the next day, and we were just, all right, let's go. Like, we're shocked, totally shocked. So, you went to college out of high school. Um, I know you weren't throwing hard out of high school, but you threw a perfect game your sophomore year. You had a really successful high school campaign. Was there any interest coming out of high school? Or was it no, college was going to be the route the whole way? The college was route the whole way. There, I mean, I, I probably would have considered uh, if I had the opportunity, but there, it was really never a thought. I was never a pro prospect in high school. I just didn't throw hard enough. I wasn't physical enough. I wasn't athletic enough. There were there were just a lot of things uh, that took place in college, uh, physically and um, on the baseball field, as far as uh, the mental side of pitching, that uh, kind of moved me to the uh, cross the pro, the pro prospect uh, discussion. So now, at one point, at some point, you added a curveball. You were fastball slider changeup in college. And then at some point you started sprinkling a curveball in there. Can you tell us about how that happened? Yeah, so it, that that's actually kind of a, an interesting uh, story. So I, I threw a curveball back in high school. It was okay, and then I got to college. I was pretty much just fastball changeup, and uh, the curveball wasn't any good. I don't know, my arm speed wasn't very good. Maybe that's what it was, but 
we moved it to a slider for my junior year, and that was my draft year, and it sucked. And uh, it, it just, it just wasn't. It was just, it was just slow, slurvy. Didn't break very much, and uh, it was very inconsistent. And um, so I threw that kind of all year, and it was kind of hit or miss. And I didn't really need it to be successful necessarily, so I didn't really worry about it too much. But come draft time, I mean, scouts want to see a, a breaking ball, and uh, so I, I go to a pre-draft workout, and uh, they're like. Well, have you ever thrown a curveball? I was like, yeah, I threw it. Like, maybe just try it, see how it is, and and uh, you look better. Your profile is a four pitch guy, not a three pitch guy. Maybe try it out, whatever. So I go ahead and I and I throw the curveball, and he's like, all right, yeah, you should probably throw that. Like, throw it in front of the the throw in front of the scouts when you get out there. And I was like, all right. So I did it, and they're like, yeah, that's actually good. That's pretty good. Like, you should you should start like really working on that. Develop that as a pitch. So. Uh, long story short, I get drafted by the Padres, uh, and then go. I go right in, and I said, I used to throw a slider. Uh, the curveball is better, so I'm starting the curveball. I'm starting throwing the curveball. So I didn't even throw a slider after I got drafted. I went right to the curveball. We just started working on it the rest of the season in Tri-City, and then we worked hard on it last offseason, and uh, that's where it is now. Have you um... – yeah, there's a lot of advanced tools for analyzing, like, spin axis and that kind of thing. Have you had a chance to take a look at that, and and is that something that you've kind of worked to refine? Um, it, it, it hasn't been yet because a lot of the a lot of the, uh, the technology is pretty new, and I'm just, like, learning myself what it means, really. So when I was first working with the pitch, I was, uh, I was really just trying to get it to be effective. And uh, it was effective. That was good enough for me. It's a fender. That falls <laughs> off the table. And uh, so, so once it, it got effective, now now I'm thinking about how to use it. And now that I've got a decent idea how to how I want to use it, attack hitters, that sort of thing. Um, I have a lot of the uh, the metrics, the spin rate, the axis, that kind of thing. And that's kind of like the next step, I would say, for that pitch. Were you looking at video or anything like that? I know there's uh, there's some Twitter accounts out there where you can look up just about anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch I watch all that stuff. I'm uh, I, the, the new rap solo technology. I'm not sure if you've heard of that stuff. That stuff is crazy. You can find that on Twitter pretty easily. Uh, they, there's a lot of good technology, a lot of good videos to watch and learn a lot of new things. So well, like, I'm always like the pitching ninja. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, there, I watch them or his stuff all the time. He's got real good stuff. Too. And the driveline baseball guys are really cool too. We follow those guys. Um, where did you be? Where did you pick up your cerebral approach to pitching? Uh, does it does it come with being a finesse pitcher, or does it come with not having a th- you know you, you don't possess a ninety eight mile an hour fastball? So where did you really pick up the uh, the deep thinking style of uh, attacking hitter? Uh. You know, I think it comes from when I was younger, um, just kind of learning the game, talking over the game with my dad. Uh, he was he was always talking about like, well, if, if you were doing this, what would you do? Like, if you're in this situation, how do you react? Like, and we would kind of talk about different things, or we talk about other players and what they should throw, and kind of run through simulations. And I just kind of use that in the game, and I kind of had to when I was younger. Like I said, I, I didn't have great stuff. So I had to, I had to know how to attack the hitters right. to uh, to get them out. So I think it just comes from just learning when I was younger. Well, and you went to college. You were a finance major in college, so it wasn't like you were taking basket weave or anything. So you're a smart guy. You got to you got the analytical side there going. Do you, Do you plan on finishing your degree? I I did. I finished uh, at the, uh, the the win- last winter a year ago. Oh okay. So, yeah. Congratulations. Good for you. So Thank grow, you. So growing up, what pitchers do you emulate? Well, growing up, growing up in Cleveland, I was a I was a pretty big uh, CC Sabathia fan when when he was with us, and uh, I uh, I watched I watched him pitch a lot, and he was probably he was one of my favorite pitchers. And then um, as I got a little bit older, I I usually look for left-handed pitchers because for obvious reasons, you know, uh, guys I could throw like. You know, I really like watching guys like John Lester. I just think he's a real competitor. Madison Bumgarner, the things he did. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw. But, you know, just real fierce competitors uh, out there on the mound. Just 
things I like to see, you know. Well, you know, I always, I always compare you to a, a Rich Hill type. Um, doesn't throw hard, but he keeps people, you know, his fastball sits at 92, maybe nine, maybe 93, but it looks like it's 98 when he's throwing the changeup or the two-seamer or, or a, or a curveball. Um, he's real effective with just keeping hitters off balance. So whenever I think of you, I'm like, you know, you can make it in the major leagues. You don't need to throw 98. Um, so let's talk about your season. The bulk of your season was spent in Fort Wayne. 13 starts, 87 Ks, and 76 innings. Uh, nice uh, nine, nine base on balls. You are stingy. Um, Bert Hooten was your coach there. Did you work well with him, or did you work with him at, at all? Yeah, Bert. Bert was great. You know, Bert had a long career in the big leagues. You know, he uh, he's been doing it a long time. He's seen pretty much everything, every kind of guy. So he's really great for uh, the the big the big picture. You know, he's right. like so. You don't one start doesn't mean too much or too little. You know, so if it's a bad if it's a rough start, whatever you have you have fifteen twenty more whatever's left. And uh, if it's a great start, well, so what? You got the next one, you know. And uh, Bert's really great about uh, the big picture and long career. And I think it's I think it's pretty good to have a guy like him at, at the uh, low A level. So you never saw him get excited or upset or anything like that. It sounds like he's pretty pretty even, mellowed guy. Yeah, you're right. I spot on with that. Well, and he lives right across the street from he like he lives right across the street from the ballpark from Parkview. Huh. Um, you know, and that's the great thing about having him as uh, you know, just kind of stoic and doesn't really try to do too much and change too much. Uh, just kind of lets you be who you are. And I think that's a really great way to develop because what got you there got you there. And uh, I've read interviews with him. It's like as long as you have success, I ain't doing anything different. I ain't going to talk to you unless I you know I see something you need to change. Um, and I could just that's a great. That's a great management technique. So you're a part of a wicked rotation. Osvaldo Hernandez, Luis Tepino, uh, Patino, uh, Nick uh, Nick Cosgrove, Mason Thompson, Mackenzie Gore. Did you guys learn off each other? Did you guys have friendly competitions? Did you guys all hang out? Yeah, I would say uh, all of the above, really. Uh, especially being left-handed. We were left-hand dominant big time. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to learn when you're attacking hitters the same way, right? So if, if I'm in the dugout, whoever's pitching is pitching, and then there's a couple guys in the stands or whatever, but there's like three of us in the dugout, and we're all left-handed. We all kind of can do the same things. So it's really easy to just talk about, oh, what is he doing? What what did I do? How am I going to attack this hitter? You know, like it, it's a great way to develop and, and learn and uh, change your game a little bit. Sorry, that was Tom Cosgrove. Hello, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know it's me tweeting when I misspell words. Um, you got some pretty good defense behind you, too. Tell us about having Gabriel Ares play shortstop for you. Jason Rosario in center field. Oh, my God. Tirso Ornelas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason and uh, Gabe and, I mean, all those guys, they, they, they're they really exciting. They're fun to watch. I mean, I'm not sure how much – well, on MILB TV, you probably got to see quite a bit, but – yeah. Rosario can run down anything, anything hit near him, and uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen plays in in the third base hole that Gabe can make. Like, I, I haven't seen other people do that. It's just, it's just things. Forget the age. Forget the age. It, it, they're not plays that most like anybody can make. Right. You know, age aside, it doesn't matter. Like, he makes some great plays in that hole. So, did that help you? Do you do you feel like you pitch to contact, or is you are you really trying to go out there and strike everybody out? No, I I uh, I pitch to contact. I try to pitch to contact. I really do. I I don't really I don't I don't shy away from contact at all. I'd rather have you out in one or two pitches than a deep a deep strikeout. Um, I just think that uh, the defense is going to be so good, and it it is so good that you, you can you can allow them to make their plays and. Uh, you should have confidence with that. So one of my favorite guys to follow this year has been Travis Radke. And he spent quite a bit of time with you. Did you work with him? Did you like pick his brain much? Because he's a pretty pretty intelligent guy. Similar to you, not a hard thrower. So he pitches to contact a lot. He's efficient. And yeah. He's uh, and he's older. He's like 25. <laughs> yeah. he uh, He's just like, he's kind of different. Like just the way he does things. Uh, 
I didn't I, – I wouldn't say I really picked his brain or did too much of that because the way he gets out, the way he does things is just different and not really the same way I'm, I, I attack hitters. So there's not really a lot of translation like there is with, like, a guy like Tom Cosgrove or Aaron Lacer or Mackenzie Gore, Osvaldo, any of those guys. Like, those guys are more similar to how I'm going to approach the game. I see. I already asked a question about the at-bats. <laughs> so three levels in one year. Uh, did Eddie Rodriguez have a cool way of telling you you were going up to double-A? Uh, well, so actually – it was the last day of the season, and uh, the uh, my pitching coach, Pete Zamora, is the one who actually told me. And uh, he's a great guy, great pitching coach. Uh, he was so much fun to have in, in uh, Lake Elsinore. And I walk into the office, and he said – I walk into the uh, the clubhouse that day, and he said, um, "You're you, can you chart for me today? So I, I had to go in the stands for the last game. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, he's like he's like – it's like someone's got to do it. I need someone to chart or whatever. I was like, all right, fine. And uh, and then he like he's like uh, had me come over to his office to get the clipboard or whatever. He's like, uh, Nick, you're uh, you're not going to instructs, right? And I said, I said no. He's like, that's right, you're not. You're but you're not going home. You're going to San Antonio instead. So I was like, oh, all right. I guess I guess I'll. Uh, I'll go over there. He's like, you're probably going to start a game in the playoffs. I don't know which one, but uh, you're going there tomorrow. So that was pretty cool. So who'd you call? Who'd you call first? I called. I called uh, my fiance Shannon. Uh, I called her up first, and then I called my parents. After I called her real quick, I said, "I'm going to San Antonio. I don't have all the details yet, so don't ask me everything. I don't know." I was like, I was, and she was like, oh, whatever. And I was like, I got to go. I can't I can't continue. I got to call my parents. So then I hung up and then I called my parents. Oh, that is fantastic. Uh, so let's talk, let's talk about that game. Uh, Jesus, I mean, they had the Texas, Texas League top offense. I mean, there's some huge bats in that lineup. Uh, How did you feel going into that game, stepping under double-A mound? You know, I, I approached it kind of – the same way I would approach any game. And I acted like nothing was different. Like you didn't, cause the game really is still the same. It, it really doesn't change. And uh, you hear that a lot. And, uh, but I really just try to take my same routine and uh, approach the week the same exact way. And um, I would say the, it was really good. Like my mind was kind of off of it because we had a weird situation where we were in a rain delay from the night before. We didn't know like what was going to happen in the extra inning. So it was kind of like, well, when are you going to pitch? I might pitch in 30 minutes. I might pitch in two hours. Like you had not, or I might not pitch at all. So that, that kind of like, just like, there was no nerves really. It was like, all right, time to go. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was ready to go and we had good scouting report on the team from playing them so many times. And, uh, Austin Allen did a great job behind the plate, keeping me, keeping me in control and uh, uh, calling a good game. And it was uh, the defense did a great job and we got a win. So it was, it was a great game. Yeah. So you mentioned your routine and uh, I, I dug back into the archives and I, I read some stuff from back in high school. You had, maybe it was in college. You had some, some routines about your warm up. You would wear the same undershirt every day. <laughs> there was a particular type of gum that you chewed. Yeah. Have yeah. You, are you? Do you still wear that same shirt? And have you been able to find that same type of gum everywhere you've gone? No, I don't think they make the gum anymore, and I don't wear the same shirt anymore. But uh, that was back in high school, and that was more like stu- superstition, I think, and uh, me thinking it was a routine. Um, but I, I was super, very superstitious back in high school, and uh, but no, I think. Uh, I kind of thought it was a routine and then it kind of developed over time. Like, okay, this, this is part of the routine and this gum is not really that important. Uh, the shirt, but I do chew gum. I still have to chew gum when I pitch, but it, it, it's just not part of the routine anymore. That's like superstition. So I kind of separated those, uh, once I got a little, a little more, uh, a little more time under my belt. So, but it's not strawberry lime anymore. Uh, no, Trident layers, trident layers. I, I think it was. I think it's cherry limeade. I don't know. I don't remember. The <laughs> but I know exactly. We're trying what you're talking to get about. you an endorsement deal right here. Come on, most people are signing right. New Balance. We want to get you on the Trident commercial. 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. That I know. I need that. It's good, healthy teeth. Do you do you, do you have any uh, do you have any superstitions now? Or any, routine, um, any kind of weird routine kind of stuff? Uh, not. I wouldn't say any anything too weird anymore. I I mean, it's pretty it's pretty down to a science. Like at the same time, I'm gonna do like my certain things. Like I'm gonna get my activation, and then I'm gonna get my stretch, and then I'm gonna get my, my get dressed for the game. And then I'm gonna get you know my throwing started. Like so, at certain times, it, it, it's just very routine. It's just very like scheduled now. So I wouldn't say it, nothing like too crazy like a superstition. I wouldn't say. Okay, uh, so. Real quick, we'll move on here. Real quick, uh, are you gonna? You're still a double A. Are you gonna be a double A? Have the Padres talked to you about a what you're doing in the off season, uh, any kind of program, or do did they tell you you're gonna be in Santa uh, in Amarillo? Sorry, we've already talked to Tony Esner from from the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Are you gonna be a Sod Poodle? Uh, I they haven't told me anything yet. That that doesn't come out until the very end of spring training. Uh, so that's kind of. I mean, it makes sense. They, they, there's no reason to to go out and have assigned roles before spring training even happens. So uh, that's what I'm working for, though. You know, I, I'm working all off season to uh, hopefully impress in spring training and be ready to go. Well, if you wind up in in Lake Elsinore again, we'll be happy to come up and visit you. Yeah, it's, it's only like an hour and a half up the road from us, so it's it's a lot of fun for us. We were able to come up and watch Chris Paddock and these guys this year, so we were excited for you when you got up. Absolutely, and we'll be in spring training this year too. So, we'll, and we'll be spending a lot of time in the bat fields. So, don't big league us if we say hey. <laughs> no, I won't. Definitely, just come up, and, come up and say hi. I'd be happy to talk to you guys. So, so when I was in spring training last year, I saw the guys doing a, a butt competition, um, and I was reading up on something that you used to do. I'm wondering if you still play any fungo golf. Oh, I I haven't played since college, but I love fungo golf. Uh, I. Uh, Ever since I got to college, I, I just first day freshman year, I was on the fungo hitting the second base, and I, I never left. And uh, so after practice or before practice, whenever we got out there, make the holes and play some fungo golf. It's great. Can you, can you explain to us a little bit what that what it is? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I just kind of I don't know why I would assume that you know what it is. <laughs> All right, so so basically you're on, you're on the baseball field. Let's say you start in the dugout. You grab some balls from the bucket or whatever. You got a couple players, and let's say you got four. And uh, so let's say we the four of us are out there, and it doesn't matter who, but the first person picks the hole. Let's say it's the left field foul pole. You swing, you hit the fungo, and it's just like golf. So that's your hole. And uh, you gotta you gotta hit it. So you hit it towards the foul pole, and then as you get closer, you hit it. You keep hitting. And it's just like golf. However many strokes uh, you have until until you can make the hole. Interesting. Yeah, I don't see how that quite would play on a on a on a minor league team, but that's definitely a good way to kill some time. Yeah, it works in college. <laughs> Did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, I played um, football and basketball when I was younger. And then in high school, I broke my hand my freshman year, my left hand. I broke my hand playing football, so that was the end of football for me. And then um, I kept playing just like basketball for fun in high school, And but I, I really started focusing on baseball. Yeah, some of the guys in the front office are pretty good ballers. So when you go into spring training, yeah. don't don't be surprised if you wind up in some pickup games. Did you see any of that last year? No, I didn't. The, the basketball court is kind of – it's it's tucked behind uh, – the big league clubhouse, so it's not really on on the way to the the backfields, but uh, maybe this year I'll, I'll check it out. Well, you, need, you need that made the invite to major league camp. Yeah, well, and Preller plays basketball, pick up basketball game at like four in the morning. I got a buddy who's a writer who who got who got introduced to play or invited to play, and he's like, "Yeah, what time are you playing?" And Ed was like, "Yeah, four a.m." And he's like, <laughs> "I'll be there," and he never showed up. Wow. So okay, so let's get serious. Uh huh. What is your deal with chocolate? Why don't you hate? Why do you hate chocolate? I don't hate chocolate. It was I'm I'm getting my info wrong. Oh man! I saw on the, the Fort Wayne. Well, let me explain. I saw yeah. the, on the Fort Wayne um, the Fort Wayne carpool. I thought it was you that loved the candy, yeah, and uh, you didn't like chocolate. Maybe it was. Maybe it was that might. That, I don't think that was me. Okay, maybe somebody else liked chocolate more. 
Yeah, it was somebody. God, because Buddy, Reed, if Buddy Reed was around, Buddy Reed's all about the candy. That no. he yeah, been Buddy, there. Buddy's all over the candy. Okay, that was my best. <laughs> so, so my whole line of questioning now was toast because you know they've been. You got a good one there still though. Skittles or Starburst? Yeah. Uh, Starburst. Okay. Most embarrassing song on your playlist. This is now the lightning round. The most embarrassing song on my playlist. Yeah. Oh. Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift. I listen to Taylor Swift occasionally. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. No, I don't like the Backstreet Boys. One Direction. No, I'll, I'll say Taylor. I'll say Taylor Swift. I don't know what song I have. I definitely have a song downloaded from Spotify. Okay, we can edit that part out just in case you don't want to like let that be known. <laughs> <laughs> hey, waffles or pancakes? Uh, pancakes. Um, so I hear you're pretty good with a Rubik's Cube. Have you ever been timed? Yes. How fast can you solve a Rubik's Cube? I, I'm I'm out of practice right now, but I when I when I would when I was like doing it and I was doing it for time, I would have it in like I think I could do it in under forty seconds. Holy cow. Well, and on the on the uh Fort Wayne yeah. carpool you did it. Okay. Yeah. And it did it like a minute and a half. That's yeah, impressive. It was, yeah. I just you just break it and put it back together. Yeah, I mean, I can sit there for a half an hour playing with the thing, and I just have no, there's no way. I'm an engineer. I'm supposed to be able to figure these things out. Rubik's Cube, I just, I, yeah. I never picked that one up. Yeah. Um, That's so, right. what's your off-season uh, routine like? Um, my off-season routine, it's, well, I, I've been out to Arizona a couple times already just for, for training and stuff, so I've been working out out there, so. The routine there is kind of work out five days per week, and and then taking the weekends off, and that's kind of that's kind of been my routine uh, since I've been home too. Uh, five days per five days per week, uh, weightlifting and conditioning, and training kind of, and then um, I would say probably about six weeks ago I started throwing, so uh, I'm getting into that pretty good now, stretching it out uh, into the long toss a little bit. And then uh, looking forward to bullpens in uh, January. Is, is there anything that they've got you working on in particular? Um, as far as pitching or like strength or yeah, either any of the above. Um, as far as pitching, not so much yet. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna talk about it more when I get back to throwing bullpens in January. But uh, strength, uh, we're working on explosiveness, uh, some hip mobility stuff. Uh, some all kinds of mobility, a lot of mobility stuff is really important as you're as you're getting stronger to, to work on that kind of thing so you stay flexible. Um, do you do Pilates or any kind of yoga? Are you going to stretch class or something? Yeah, we we do we have like a mobility class. I do some yoga class. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Yoga, I, it's something that you wouldn't try unless uh, unless like someone tells you to do it and. It's actually pretty good. I like but does it. Does go with you? Because my wife has made me go to Pilates. She's made, which is, it's not easy. It's 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 hard, but it's good. I mean, I yeah. I enjoy yoga, and like you said, it's not something that you try unless somebody says, "Hey, come on, let's do this." But then yeah. afterwards, like my body feels really good after that. Yeah, no, uh, I do that. That that's my. Own. She doesn't like. She only likes to lift weights. She doesn't even like run. She only likes lifting weights. So I'm on my own for yoga. She's not. She's not catching your bullpens either. No, she doesn't do that either. <laughs> okay, well, that's all right. We all got our own love language. Um, she's not. She's not squatting to catch fastballs. She's squatting weights. Right. So we're a little bit older. I like, and my wife uh, was. She was my girlfriend. She's like, oh, I can hit in the cages. I can hit in the cages. And I play rec ball. Uh, we actually won our championship game today. Um, and she's like, I can hit in seventies. I'm like, okay, let's see about that. You know. And finally, we went one day. And I mean, she wasn't ripping it, but she was fouling pitches off and making contact in the seventies. And we're, as you can tell by FaceTime, we're not young. Uh, she was like 51, maybe 52 when she did that. And I was like, damn, I'm going to put a ring on that girl. <laughs> and he That's did. pretty good. And I, and I did. And, you know, she is a, you know, the great thing about my wife is she's a great baseball fan. Does Shannon, does your wife, uh, is she a big baseball fan or is she just kind of Loves you? baseball. What team she grow she, up? Uh, uh, she was a Yankees fan. Uh, being from New York, but uh, yeah, her whole her whole family loves baseball. Uh, her brother, he's a her brother. Her younger brother plays. Her older brother 
left-handed pitcher. Her dad's left-handed pitcher, so runs in the family, I guess. You guys just got engaged recently. Did I see that you already took a a, a pre-wedding honeymoon? Yeah, we we went to the Bahamas. That was our vacation uh, when I got back in October. Uh, we planned that out over the summer, and uh, we had a great time. We went down to Atlantis to the Bahamas, so that was that was a nice break to get away from doing a lot of baseball stuff and go do that. Wow. You see the celebrities? Um, no. no, it was, it was down, it was downtime. It was, it was really, it was really, it was really not crowded. So it was pretty good. It was a good time to go. Well, that's why I love, I love going to places when there's no one there. Like I won't wait in line for, I manage a restaurant. I, I won't wait in line for food. Uh, we want to go to places in the off season. Um, well, it's getting pretty late. Do you have any, it's getting there, pretty late I bet there, there wasn't, there must not have been a long line for that, uh, that water slide down into the pyramid. Oh, right? Did you go to that with the, with the fish? Did you see the fish? Yep, yep. It was awesome. That was so cool. <laughs> it's so badass. Um, so do you, in the off season, do you, uh, you, I know the pay scale isn't, that's been kind of a thing in the news. Do you help with camps or anything like that? Or are you just hanging out with family in the off season? Um, I'm mostly hanging out with family, but there are some, there are some camps I'll do uh, back home. Um, for my old travel ball in my high school, like just in the in the area, and um, but other than that, I'm mostly just training and and uh, hanging out with my family. So you don't you don't like bag groceries or anything. You don't have a day job during the off season. No. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, it's, yeah, you're you're a lucky guy. You can do that. It's great to be able to do that. Um, well, Nick, we 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 really appreciate you coming on. And just for the record, tell us your name. How do you pronounce it? Let all the Padre fans that listen to the podcast know exactly how to say it because I'm sure you've grown up with like Nick. Nick oh yeah. Magavichus. Um, so set the record straight. What's the record all? straight? All right, I'll set the record straight. Nick Margavichus. 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 Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on. Uh, have a great off season. We'll probably see you in spring training, and because uh, we'll be spending like three days in the backfields. Um, and you know, if you don't make it to Lake Elsinore, and hopefully we don't see you in Lake Elsinore, hopefully you're in uh, San, uh, not San Antonio, but in Amarillo. Amarillo with a brand new ball club, uh, Sod Poodles gear. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time, and thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much, guys. It was great talking to you. That was cool. Yeah, that was that was a great interview. Uh, I'm very grateful to Nick for coming on and giving some great answers. You know, and, and James Clark said that he was a real nice guy. And, you know, you have to say, he's a nice guy, you well, know. Yeah. And, and you would think that, like, he was so gracious with his time. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had some silly questions there that he answered and didn't big league us. I thought that was way cool. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's the kind of ball player I can really root for. I root for all our ball players. Yeah. But it, it's a lot easier to root for a ball player when you know, you know when they you know when they come across as just as a guy, you know yeah. he's just a regular guy that can mm-hmm. throw a baseball really good. Well, but you can tell that he's also got the work ethic and the yeah. the serious approach to things yeah. and the you know he thinks about what he's doing. It's not just you know go out there grab the ball see the you know, see the target hit the target. There's more to it. He's looking at what the hitter's doing and and working on his approach. Well, that was interesting that he wasn't kind of he wasn't looked at in high school. And then went straight into college, well, and he then was, he was barely thrown in the low eighties out of high school, so they weren't really looking at him. So yeah, tall, lanky kid, but there's no velocity. So what are you going to do with it? And I guess that's where every scout looks and kind of shrugs and goes, "Well, let me see what what he looks like in a few years." Right. And that's that's rough, but he wound up getting a college degree out of it. Yeah. So now he's got a a, a really solid trajectory that can take him to the major leagues. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, he's got a finance degree to fall on, fall yeah. back on, which is really nice. Yeah, we'll have to call him if, if just if things fall apart for him. I'm gonna keep his number and like, hey, what do you think about my life plan? Well, yeah, I got some financial planning. <laughs> right. Maybe I need to have a separate conversation <laughs> with. We look at my stock portfolio. Um, you know, and absolutely with, with the drive, the analytical side, and um, there is a path there. I see a path for him in. Um, if it's not a starter, you know, a left-handed specialist. But that curveball and, and the changeup, um, there's a role for him in the major leagues. Well, he's got the location, yeah, the, the command and all of that, and he's got, he's got, the the, the curveball's legit. Yeah, I, I haven't had a legit. chance to really see enough and read enough 
to see what the true the the scouts and the analysts really think about the quality of his pitches. But from what I've seen, I, there's no reason why. It's just a matter of being able to put the pieces together and execute and continue to execute at the levels yeah. as he moves along. Yeah. And besides, he's getting stronger. So yeah. who knows? You know, right. Because plenty of guys have taken that next step at age 25, 26. Yeah. And he's, what, 23? He's 22. 22, okay. Yeah. So however you want to slice it, really nice guy. And a fun guy to talk to, yeah. talented young guy, right, and, I, and I'm excited to watch him. I selfishly, I want him to wind up at, at Lake Elsinore, yes, so yes. I can get a chance to go up there and watch him firsthand. Well, even during the season, there could be injury in, in Lake Elsinore, not bring someone up, then bring someone back down. Yeah, but for his own personal development, you know, if yeah. he goes, if he goes to Double A, then he's got an outside chance of breaking through in the next year, which yep. is ridiculous. That's just, that's that's so exciting. Yeah, it, um, we're really looking forward to seeing him move up. Um, so Nick Margavichus. Margavichus, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, he said it, he says it, Nick Margavichus. That's it. Um, so this is, this is Christmas time, and we are not going to be doing another podcast till at least... So you get married. Well, yeah, I've got two, two weeks from today is the big day. That's cool. So I can't really break away then to no, do a little in, podcast on the side. But who knows? We might find something before the end of the year. You've been, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, and then we'll reach out. We have a couple of guys uh, uh, that I've reached out to that are willing to come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to grab some more people and continue uh, talking to guys in the off season. But in the meantime, we got the Dominican Summer League, or yeah. the Winter League, and the Venezuelan Winter League, and yeah. the... Mexico is still playing. Australia is up and running. Yeah. So there's plenty of stuff going on, on top of all the trades that are going on and minor league free agent signings and all of this. Absolutely. So we got plenty to keep track of. And then, and we will. So you can reach me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. This has been Friars on the Farm. Go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres.